Hey, everybody, Matt Townsend here, and we are live on location in the BYU-Wilkinson Center for BYU Education Week. Now, today's topic, has your family's schedule gotten all out of whack this summer? Today on the show, let's get things back on track in time for the school year. The Matt Townsend Show next on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Good afternoon. I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. The Texas A&M campus is the scene of another alarming shooting today, with both police and civilians wounded. The shooter was holed up in a residential area near the college when he opened fire. Authorities were able to return fire and take the suspect into custody. He has since succumbed to his wounds. At least one male civilian and one police officer has also died. A third victim is undergoing surgery. The school issued a maroon alert to all their students, warning them to stay away from the area, but reported the suspect was in police custody about 15 minutes after the first warning. Syrian rebels are taking credit for shooting down a regime warplane and have now captured the pilot after he bailed out. Syrian rebels say they shot down the MiG fighter and the pilot bailed out. Syria says the plane went down because of a mechanical failure. The Al Arabiya TV network ran what it said as an interview with the balding, middle-aged pilot. However the plane went down, the capture of the pilot shows how Syrian President Bashar Assad is using his air force against the rebels. Not just attack helicopters, but also MiG fighters. Some rebels are calling for a NATO no-fly zone. Mark Levy, Cairo. A stranded jet skier was able to bypass the security measures at JFK Airport when he swam to shore and walked into the terminal area. Kennedy Airport's $100 million state-of-the-art parameter detection system is meant to safeguard against terrorists. But according to the New York Post, stranded jet skier Daniel Casillo was able to breach it after he swam three miles to shore, walked past motion sensors and cameras, climbed an eight-foot-tall fence, walked across a runway, and ended up inside JFK Airport, where he approached a worker and alerted authorities. He's been charged with criminal trespass. Julie Walker, New York. The Center for Disease Control has posted a new state-by-state map of adult obesity rates across the country, and the rates are not very encouraging. The CDC says high rates of adult obesity continued last year, with state estimates ranging from a low of just under 21% in Colorado to a high of about 35% in Mississippi. Adult obesity was 30% or higher in 12 states. Alabama, Arkansas, Indiana, Kentucky, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Missouri, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Texas, and West Virginia. Obesity rates were highest in the South and the Midwest at close to 30% and lowest in the Northeast and the West, where a quarter of adults were obese. I'm David Melendi. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. Townsend, your relationship guide, your your guide on the side, doing what we can every day on the show, Monday through Friday, to help you and your loved ones grow healthier, happier relationships, healthier, happier lives. And we are currently broadcasting live on location at the BYU Wilkinson Center during BYU Education Week. And we are so excited to be able to be 
joining this great experience down at Brigham Young University. One of the keys to BYU is they're always reaching out to the community. They're always reaching out to uh, just people that want to continue their education. So they hold this thing called Education Week. It's uh, once a year. It just so happens to be August 13th through the 17th yeah. this year, and we are live there. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Currently, there are about uh, 20,000 attendees that are expected to be coming through the workshops, about 600 different volunteers that are helping out here during Education Week. And Education Week is a chance where there's thousands of classes, and during those classes, they'll be addressing topics like education, religion, marriage and family, uh, family history, health, all of these different things. And so as part of our show today, we're going to be bringing you experts. The, some of the speakers are going to be coming through and uh, sitting down with us, giving us a chance to pick their brain and see if we can't uh, find a way, hopefully, to um, give you the tools, the ideas, the skills that you need. So welcome to the show, everybody. Now, today's show is an interesting one because we really need to find a way, if we can, to get back to school. A lot of you are experiencing maybe the malaise of summer when you're tired and you're not quite sure how much longer you can handle having any more kids at home. I know I am. I'm wondering when this summer thing's going to get over. Of course, you don't want it to end. But also you're begging for the days that it will. We have six kids. I'm sure if you're a listener, you've heard that many times from me. And these kids all have to go back. But I've got them going to a myriad of different places. I've got one going on a study abroad to Israel. Luckily, there's nothing going on in Israel right now. No tension, nothing going on there. No nuclear threats. So that doesn't have us worried. I have a couple of them that are going to high school. One's going to high school for the first time, and another one's going back as a senior his last year. We've got one in uh, middle school and two in grade school. So we've got children spread all out, and quite honestly, I think it's time. It's time that they get back. It's time that they figure out how on earth they're going to... Uh, to start their schedule. They're going to need to start eating better. Our children have not been eating very effectively lately. Their health is probably suffering. They're not getting the sleep. I told a story last week about how interesting it is to have me get so tired at midnight and have my children walk in wanting me to tuck them in bed. Father, please tuck me in bed. I so want to go to bed and get good sleep. When this school thing comes around, I'm afraid we're going to lose it because I don't think anybody in my family is going to have a clue how to get back to school. So we're going to be bringing on an expert. One of our uh, one of our speakers here at Education Week is going to come around. She's going to sit down with us and give us the tools that we need to make sure that we can actually get back, get organized. What's the best way to get organized? If you are a parent or a grandparent, how to get a better schedule set up for your kids, and how to get them enrolled into the schedule as well. So that's coming up on the Matt Townsend Show. But before we do that, and we know we're getting ready for school, right? So one of our producers went to Germany, and when she went to Germany, she found that they have a fairly interesting tradition there. The transition from kindergarten to first grade is a big one. I remember putting on my favorite new dress and a shiny ribbon in my hair. I packed up my Minnie Mouse backpack, complete with my lunch, as I was a big girl now. And my mom and I headed out the door. I had arrived, and I was the best. For children all over the world, starting school is much the same as my experience. Every child seems to be excited to begin a new adventure. However, for children in Germany, starting school comes with its own special Christmas-like magic. 
There is a tradition in Germany where children entering the first grade are given a Schultüte, or school cone. These Schultüte remind me of Christmas stockings. Instead of a sock that hangs, a Schultüte is an upside-down cone full of candy, school supplies, and toys. Sounds like a pretty good deal, right? What child wouldn't like getting a cone full of surprises on the first day of school? However, as wonderful as this tradition is, I couldn't help but notice a bitter spot amid all of the sweet. German children do not just enjoy their school cones at home, but they bring them to school. At school, the weight, size, and contents are examined and compared between the children. Thirty years ago, these school cones were about the size of a child's forearm, easily held. Now, thanks to retailers looking for some extra cash, school cones have grown to be as tall as the children themselves. Now, carrying their Schultote around is quite the task, but it does not deter them from bringing those cones to school. In fact, it is almost a requirement to bring your Schultote to school for the class photo. These class photos feature the class holding their cones, thus preserving the memory that little Johnny's cone was taller and more impressive than sweet Susie's. No longer is first grade a chance to invent yourself. On the first day, children are branded by what their cone says about the affluence of their family. Those infamous social classes that are so typical in high school begin to form right there in first grade. I don't think it ever crossed my first grade mind that another student might be more affluent than me. I didn't care. I was me, and that was enough. What does this apparent need to keep up with the Joneses and prove our love to our kids by buying the latest and greatest name-brand clothes say about our society? We would never in a million years have the children display their grades in a photo for all to see and compare. So why do we do it with material things? Is first grade really about the Minnie Mouse backpack and the new shoes? Or is first grade all about learning confidence through education? not money. So as we think about it, there are a ton of different traditions. Appreciate Catherine's uh, piece there. It's interesting. Does your family have traditions? And what are the traditions of going back to school? Uh, My family was, it just meant, you know what? We're finally going to have a little relief. We're finally going to to get back on track. Uh, interesting, one of the one of the rituals or, or one of the, I guess, uh, rituals or traditions that we have is we know school's getting closer when we have children playing football. And the football starts to, and the leaves start to change a little bit, and we start practicing more regularly. What are your family traditions? Be thinking about that as we go through this as well, because as we bring on one of our experts, Laurie Reeve, we're going to talk to her, try to pick her brain and figure out what are some other traditions, what are some ways we can start uh, making sure that our schedules work better, more appropriately. How do we get our kids ge- uh, geared up, ramped up to be ready to learn, have make sure they're getting the best sleep that they can, and have pretty much everything that you, you need to succeed. And again, our, uh, our expert, Laurie Reeve, will be joining us for that. She's a teacher and an expert organizer. So we'll have that for you, plus many, many more things right here as we are live at BYU Education Week on the campus of Brigham Young University. Thanks for listening to us, folks. We'll be back after this break right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Sirius XM 143. BYU Radio. 
a satellite scanning the entire sky in infrared light has led to an atlas whose legacy will endure for decades. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. NASA recently released a new atlas and catalog of the entire infrared sky captured by the Wide Field Infrared Survey Explorer mission, known commonly by the acronym WISE. The space telescope launched in late 2009 and spent much of 2010 mapping the sky at four infrared wavelengths of light. Instruments on the satellite were vastly more sensitive than previous sky mapping missions. By the time the WISE went into hibernation, it had collected more than 2.7 million images, capturing everything from nearby asteroids to distant galaxies. In all, the mission's team has processed more than 15 trillion bytes of returned data. The individual WISE exposures each covered an area of the sky about three times larger than a full moon. Now, the data has been used to create an atlas of more than 18,000 images and a catalog that lists the infrared properties of more than a half billion individual objects found in the images. Most of the objects are stars and galaxies, many which have never been seen before. To find out more about the mission and the infrared atlas, visit nasa.gov forward slash wise. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Are there some global issues you wish you could know more about or get an inside perspective on? Notes from the Kennedy Center presents lectures and seminars from international diplomats and scholars discussing issues and events from all over the world. For the first time, the number of AIDS deaths in the world declined. Become a more informed global citizen and tune in to Notes from the Kennedy Center, Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Again, we are coming to you live at uh, the BYU Wilkinson Center in the middle of actually the beginning of uh, BYU Education Week, and we are talking about getting your show back together, getting your life, your family back on schedule as we get back to school. It's taking your life back because sometimes, you know, summer creeps away. We lose a little bit of what's important to us. Sometimes we don't even know where our head has gone during these summer months. And so as we get back to that, one of the big keys I found is kind of like recapturing your mornings, right? So do you have problems with your mornings? So does Bryce, one of our producers, and he has some thoughts about it that he'd love to share with us. Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is the Bryce's right. Mornings can be a real buzzkill. And you know what's worse? Once you start getting ready for the day, things always seem to start going wrong. As inconvenient as they are, surprises happen, and there's little you can do to control them. But the absolute worst is the problems you knew about and could have prevented the night before, but you didn't. Let me go through a list of some of my favorites. You know when the shampoo or body wash bottle starts getting a little low? It's rather inconvenient to wait for the stuff to get closer to the bottom where the spout is. And the less there is, the more you're going to wait on gravity to help you out. Which may or may not be a bad thing, really. Unless you're in a hurry, who wouldn't want more time in the shower? It works for me because I use all the hot water before my roommate shower to assert my dominance. But let's say you get up late and you need to take a three-second shower. And both bottles are right side up with a quarter of an inch of soap at the bottom. Good morning indeed. 
This isn't new information. I shower most days. It would only take me a few seconds to step in and flip them over the night before, but alas, I do not. Another part of most people's morning is breakfast, and I don't think there's anything wrong with giving the fridge and pantry a quick scan the night before to make sure you've got what you need. Can't tell you how many mornings have taken a wrong turn once I hit the fridge to grab my milk only to realize, well, this is cheese. And then my morning stupor sets in, and I wonder if cereal plus solid milk may not be a bad combo. Then common sense steps in to tell me that's a terrible idea and I'm disgusted with myself for even considering it. The worst part of it all is the moment when it dawns on me that my breakfast choices are go hungry or go fast food. Going hungry is awful and it makes work hard. Going fast food means I pay too much for a dirty breakfast that leaves me with a stomachache for the next hour and I'm not really sure if it was the better choice. Or there's clothes. Tell me if you've ever been in this situation. You get to your closet only to come to the knowledge that you really needed to do laundry a few days ago. But it's not that you have nothing to wear. That excuse can get you out of a lot of shame. Oh, it's the only thing I had left. What I'm talking about is when the only clothes you have left are the outdated, unremarkable ones that you hate. You know, the clothes you like to keep around just to emotionally abuse them. You like to get their hopes up, thinking, oh, maybe they'll wear me today, only to shove them to the side of the closet after you've washed all your better-looking clothes. And you keep them around even when you get new clothes and toss the other ones away. You want that shirt to see its nice new replacement. Then those pants you despise have their revenge this morning. And when you get to where you go, you feel like you need to apologize to your fellow human beings or give excuses like, I help old ladies cross the street just to not feel bad about being out in public. But here's my morning horror story. My vision is worthless. Had I lived at any earlier point in human history, I would have been eaten by some terrible creature because I mistook it for something benign like a log. It's normal for people to have different issues in different eyes like I do. Because of this, the plastic case you put your contacts in for the night usually gives you a way to indicate which one is for your right eye. On mine, the cap on the right one is green and it has a big R on it. But there's always that morning where I need to book it and I go to put my eyes in and the green cap is on the left side. How's that for your morning dose of paranoia? First you think, maybe I just switch the cap and everything's fine. Well, are you willing to bet your life on it? Because I have places to drive. And if I'm driving, that's exactly what I'd be doing if I put these contacts in all willy-nilly. So what was it? Did you switch the caps? Did you have the case upside down when you put the contacts in? Or did you put the caps on when it was upside down? Or did you do both? Would both cancel it out? What if I noticed it upside down and compensated in the night, but I don't remember? Well, best of luck to you. It was an honor serving with you. All right, let's get real. It's hard to have a good morning. And I think I've made it clear that I'm bad at mornings. So what I'm really trying to get at is that I could use a little help smoothing things out. All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. Good stuff. Bryce Tobin. Appreciate that. And you know what? True. You can't have a great day without being somewhat organized. And if you're not organized, you're going to pay for it in a, a myriad of ways. So we're bringing on an organizing expert, Lori Reeve. Now, Lori is going to be um, joining us, but, but as she's joining us, let me tell you how she's kind of put this all together. School teacher, teaching certificates in Utah, author of a book called Five-Step Organizing, The Proven Process to Organize Anything. She's got another book about organizing your family records. Founding president and owner of Simply in Order Professional Organizing Services. She's a mom of two, incredible woman, and a licensed professional organizer. So we're going to pick your brain today. Lori, welcome to the show. Isn't it? Um, it's actually the perfect combination. You'd think teacher, mother, organizer. Right? You need all three, right, to make it through this. Exactly. Now, as a teacher, you must have seen these kids come in not ready 
could you as a parent tell which parent, which child had parents that were organized and prepared? Oh, absolutely. What was that like? Tell me about that. They left homework at home. They didn't bring books that they needed to have. Yeah. Um, just completely unprepared. And not at some of the basics. Hungry. Hungry. Tired. Exactly. You could tell the ones that weren't getting the sleep they needed. Exactly. I mean, it's it's a, it's a very big deal. And as I think about your job as an organizer, and you're here uh, at Education Week teaching. You've got a bunch of different classes. I do. One of the classes, though, is about meals, making sure you get quick meals, right? Mm-hmm. Tell me just a little bit about that. I mean, you wouldn't think the meals thing would be as big of a deal. You know, it really is. Um, people are really busy in their life. They don't have a lot of time to put forth, you know, the effort for meals. And so any way that you could kind of organize that and make it easier for you and for your children, then it you're going to have better success. Well, and it seems like we get overwhelmed, don't we? Like, we do. Because, and it's all new. I can already tell we're going to have a struggle. All of our kids are on different schedules. We've got to start wrapping them up, winding them down. Some get up really early. Some we want to sleep in when school starts. Yeah. And, and um, it's just, where do you begin? It seems like such a big problem. Where do you begin? You know, routines are really important. I know people don't really like routines, but we really function best with some kind of a routine. Um, The sleep routine is really important, um, especially during the summertime now that school's starting. Um, Maybe getting them back on a a schedule of going to bed at a certain time, getting up at a certain time, instead of letting them stay up all hours. I know, but that's our problem. We're too lazy. <laughs> you think this might be a problem with parents that it's it's really more about the parents. <laughs> right. You know it what is. I mean? Sometimes it's hard to enforce that because it's still light outside and yeah. they want to stay up and it is. they hear kids outside playing and they want to go join them. That's and right. so yeah, it makes it really tough for parents to I think it's, uh, and I, you know that. I mean, you have one one child that's 20 something and a teenager, 17 year old. Yeah. Um, I have them from 17, actually 19, 17, down to 7. Hmm. And the 7-year-old doesn't think anything's fair that the 10-year-old gets to do. And the 10-year-old doesn't think it's fair <laughs> that the 14-year-old... I mean, is there a way that you can have one size fit all? Or is it more, we just customize it and deal? You have to pretty much customize it. And each family is different. Um, each child is different. And so um, if you have an older child who has a, a specific schedule and privileges when the other younger child comes to that age and they may not have those same kind of schedules and privileges because they're a different person altogether. And so you really just have to meet the child's needs and see what's best for the child. And kind of negotiate it one by one by one. And because I I guess summer is one thing, but I just remember I was always excited to get my my, uh, back-to-school stuff, to get my clothes, to get everything going and my books, and then that fades so fast, doesn't it? Does. it? <laughs> and you're left with just not caring. Right, exactly. So as, you, as you're talking to parents out there, and, and as part of your presentations, what would you do? So one of the keys, I guess, is we just got to start a plan, start a <laughs> exactly. schedule. Right. What else would you suggest that we start doing? What should parents be doing now if you're a couple weeks out? What do you see we should at least be focusing on now? Less video games, less, you know, parties, just kind of gearing back down into that normal routine, school routine. Um, Even start a homework schedule. You might have them do some fun little... Start pulling out some books again. Get get the brain ramped up. Review what they learned last year and kind of get them ramped up again. Well, see, now now you're talking like a school teacher. And a mom. But it really, that is, that sounds like a great idea because we don't do that, do we? We just kind of figure, 
yeah, the teachers will pick them up. But if they if it takes them weeks to ramp up, mm-hmm. your kid's the one that's going to lose out. Right? Exactly. So I guess to getting them reading, we just had uh, Brad Wilcox on a couple of days ago about the importance of child literacy, and maybe this is when we have them start reading a new book mm-hmm. and, exactly. and, and get that going. So what what are the important things? So I know, like, okay, so that's kind of getting their mind geared up. So that's kind of mental preparation. We, we want to talk a little bit about meals and food. We want them to get sleep. Are there any other, like, categories that we got to make sure they're scheduled? And I mean, not just scheduled, but prepared for. Right. Any kind of a routine, again, um, having... Um, Chores that they, maybe they are yeah. doing on a regular basis. Yeah, we got rid of the well. chores totally. Yeah, um, and also creating the environment that they need to be successful in school, such as a, a homework center. You could, you know, have fun with your kids and pull everything together. You've got crayons and the dictionary. Yeah. And, the pens and the pencils, and, and have a location for them and kind of build school up like it's an exciting thing that's going to start. So you're actually just talking about the location, but getting right. them involved in finding the location, picking it exactly. out, preparing it. This is where you're going to do your homework. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I could see how that would be so valuable for these younger kids that don't have any traditions or mm-hmm. history yet. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And let them be involved in the decision of where that's going to be. I and, love that. And then they're more apt to follow through with that. No, I think that's way cool. And and so when you're, so at your home, I mean, I, like, I guess too, my older kids, they don't, I don't know where they do their homework. Because <laughs> I guess they just do it wherever. But they always tell me they do it at school, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. I think they're lying. But, um, <laughs> I guess you're saying too that might be it might be kind of powerful if my younger kids were seeing the older kids doing it that's funny if you haven't started that tradition that still might work for the old ones as well yeah exactly that's powerful and the younger children it's probably best to have them somewhere where you could monitor them a little bit to set those routines yeah Um, maybe a kitchen table or um, even a favorite comfy chair that they could sit in and I think it's so and great. then you're there to help them through uh-huh. the process of anything they get stuck on well and you've got a couple weeks every mm-hmm. I guess everyone's school is starting at different times but this might be the perfect opportunity to also just by bringing it up right now you're starting to say it's important so maybe we could be getting, getting into some goals exactly. getting into some expectations right like and I have kids starting at every level they've all got they all need goals. They do. And rewards. Rewards yeah, is great as well. Um, some people think, well, that's bribing your kids. Well, anything that's going to help them to be successful in that's the future, right. I'm all for that. Well, and you, I think that's right. It's funny. As parents, we might think, oh, we don't want to bribe our children. But you know what? I'm going to do whatever I can do to get them to go. And, and really, it's just getting them excited about it. I think most kids will naturally be excited. But then it's the then it's the disorganization. I used to get yes. like anxious. I used to get nervous. I remember one time I I was supposed to take a costume on St. Patty's Day and mm-hmm. I was supposed to wear like knickers. I don't even know what they are. But sh- my pants were supposed to go to my knees. Uh-huh. And I was going, but my working mom, divorced parents, she didn't have time to make me whatever knee shorts. And I felt so embarrassed. No. I was the only one in the school. No. And, and I was like 18. It should have been a big deal. But uh, <laughs> no, I was younger than that. But I, it's interesting. So one disorganized parent can impact. You know what I mean? I survived. Right. But now I can't wear shorts. It's totally weird. <laughs> um, 
But that's all the answer. That's exactly <laughs> right. So we're talking to Laurie Reeves. She's uh, she has a, an education degree. She's a has a teaching certificate in Utah, and is an is an incredible organizer, professional organizer, licensed, has written books on this. And when we come back from the break, Lori, we're going to want you to we're going to want you to help us. Okay? Okay. Give us some plans on how we can have better meals, some quick, easy meals. Give us some other plans and ideas for um, like like kind of like the little homework nook, the place where we can do our homework. What else should we be doing as parents to be organized and prepared so that our kids don't have to fall behind? Okay. Sounds good. Talking to Lori Reeve, we'll be back with her right here on the Matt Townsend Show, broadcasting live from the Wilkinson Center during BYU Education Week on the campus of Brigham Young University right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. There's an answer to every question, a solution to every problem. What place should the provision of education or health care occupy on the list of social and political priorities? Join a group of leading scholars and experts in the conversation about practical and constructive solutions to today's societal issues. BYU's weekly forum shares motivating and inspiring ideas on the present and future of our world today. Join us on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Good afternoon, I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Attorney General Eric Holder, who was recently held in contempt of Congress, is now facing a civil lawsuit as well. The Republican-run House has asked a federal court to enforce a subpoena against the Attorney General. The subpoena demands that Eric Holder produce records related to a bungled gun tracking operation known as Operation Fast and Furious. The failure of Holder and House Republicans to work out a deal on the documents led to a vote in June that held the attorney general in contempt of Congress. The House took separate votes to hold the attorney general in criminal and civil contempt. The civil contempt filing is what led to this lawsuit. Sandy Kozell, Washington. Republican presidential candidate Mitt Romney is in Florida working to address concerns about the Republican ticket's Medicaid policies. It's another big crowd for Mitt Romney here as his bus tour stops in Florida. And just two minutes into his speech here, Romney dealt with the Medicare issue. The president's idea, for instance, for Medicare was to cut it by $700 billion. That's not the right answer. We want to make sure that we preserve and protect Medicare. Romney's campaign has gotten millions of dollars in donations since the Saturday announcement, as well as the much larger crowds. And Romney's hoping that'll continue as the campaign plays out. Jerry Bodlander with the Romney campaign in St. Augustine, Florida. President Barack Obama is on the campaign trail sharing the state of Iowa with vice presidential candidate Paul Ryan. And the president is wasting no time attacking Ryan's agricultural policies. The issue, the farm bill that stalled in Congress amid squabbling over subsidies and food stamps. At a rally in Council Bluffs, Iowa, the president said Ryan's one of the GOP leaders blocking it in the House. And with the Budget Committee chief slated to visit the state fair, Obama urged Iowans to tell Ryan parched farm country needs help. We've got to put politics aside when it comes to doing the right thing for rural America and for Iowa. Obama announced some help of his own, a $170 million plan for Uncle Sam to buy and freeze tons of meat and poultry. Mark Smith at the White House. 
FedEx employees may be in, a, in the tough position of having to accept buyouts soon as the company searches for ways to scale back. Buyouts are likely to be offered to workers in FedEx Express, the company's largest division, and services, which includes FedEx Office, formerly Kinko's. Express, which has 102,000 workers in the U.S., has been hit hard by the global economic slowdown, with customers shifting to slower, less expensive shipping options. And in another cost-cutting measure, FedEx has taken some of its 600 airplanes out of service. I'm Tim McGuire. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We are talking about taking your life back and getting back to school. How do you let go of the summer blues and start creating a schedule for your family? A schedule in a variety of ways. Your meal schedules, your uh, planning schedules, how you're going to get everything going. We're talking to licensed professional organizer Lori Reeve, uh, just... A teacher, n- mother, knows how to do it. She's one of the speakers here during BYU Education Week, and we so appreciate you being with us, Laurie. Thank you. It's You're the be best. Here. Now, okay, I know you've got a bunch of ideas. One was just the homework area. Exactly. Go create a really kind of unique, powerful little area in the home where we can do our homework, get everything organized there. Mm-hmm. What are some more ideas that parents out there, grandparents, should be focusing on as we're getting our kids back to school? Invest in a really good planner. Yes. Or have some way to track their homework. You've got to be on that. You really do. Do you, do you think a planner for, I guess, each kid or a planner also for you? I like both. Yeah. A planner for mom so yeah. she could track everything. Yeah. And then um, for each individual child so that they could take them to their classes and write down all of their assignments. And then they could come home and you could review that with them yeah. and help them plan out how oh. much time it's going to take to get this assignment done. and and have them work on that until that deadline comes. I think that's such a good idea because, um, again, there's so much anxiety for these kids not being ready because they don't know what the full ramifications are. These younger kids, like, what, am I going to (laughs) die? And a lot of times as parents, we put a lot of intense pressure on them. We do. So just having a way to check in, what's due today, let's figure it out, let's Mm -hmm. let's schedule it through the night, let's figure it out. That's great. Love that idea. And if the planner doesn't work for them change it up and, and figure yeah. out something that's going to work for them. Something can work. And right. it could just be, I mean, some things can be really simple. So I taught time management forever. Mm-hmm. But most time management is just simple. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't. And a lot of schools will actually give their kids something. They do. Hopefully. Right. And right. you could also download a free planner off from my website if you want to. Okay, where can they get that? It's www.simplyinorder.com. Simply in order.com yes and just download the planner it's just printable pages that mm-hmm. they can just put out there right i love it hang it on the fridge and then let them cross it off every time they get it done exactly. and they get that huge high that we all get by having ch- that check mark checking something <laughs> off good exactly another idea is to create a home filing system for your school papers love that so that you don't get them lost yeah and kids are bringing home papers all the time they are and you might need to use that paper for another child someday just kidding <laughs> 
Um, but, okay, we've done that too. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I think kidding. every parent has. It's called recycling. Right. But, so part of this is just a place where they can bring their papers, store them all, mm-hmm. so they don't have to keep them in that bag. I mean, most of the time they just get crumpled up in the bottom anyway. And they do. Yeah. And a lot of the times, with my own kids especially, they've had to prove that they've turned in an assignment. It wasn't put in the grade book. That's great. And so it's brought their grade up a whole uh-huh. grade point just because they had proof that Love they that. indeed turned Maybe it in. Maybe there's a catharsis when, when the kid at the end of the year can take all those papers and just shred them or <laughs> burn them, do some, burn them, <laughs> shoot their guns through them. There you it, go. I mean, it's really could be a powerful thing. And how do you decide? This is a question I've never known. How do we decide which cute little piece of work we keep? That's a really good question. Because we can't keep every cute we piece. We can't. We can't. And what we do, and when our kids were younger, and I recommend this a lot to my clients, and that is just to have a box and you throw everything in That's it. That's what we've done. And then at the end of the school year, you could go through it with your child. Yeah. Because some of the things that they think are valuable, you may not totally. put a, a high price on yeah. that, value price right. on that. And so you decide together. Yeah. I have a friend that actually scans them. That's a great idea. And so it's now just a digital copy. And then what they do is they just kind of include that in their their screensaver. Mm-hmm. So the kid's artwork kind of just rotates through. That's a fabulous idea. And it takes up no space. Mm-hmm. And as soon as it's scanned, it's tossed. <laughs> Same with those art projects. Love that. You have the great big yeah. things that take up so much space. You can space. take pictures of them. With your child there, and it yeah. kind of, you know... See, captures that moment. It's and... so messed up, Laurie, because we just cleaned out our basement and found a trebuchet. Oh. Yeah, like a, well, I don't even know what you call it, a rock, a catapult <laughs> that my kid made for a science class. And we couldn't, we just tried to sell it at a yard sale. He wouldn't let us. Oh, wow. And I'm not sure we'll ever use a trebuchet again. Right. <laughs> so I'm just going to take a picture of it and there throw it. There you go. <laughs> what else? What are some other great ideas? Just to make sure that they regularly declutter their book bag. That's really important. Oh, that's huge. Do I have time to tell a story yeah, here? Please. I had one client who um, he was flunking high school and um, went to assess his needs there and found out that he was a brilliant kid. Yeah. He was doing all of his homework, but he was stuffing everything in his book bag and not, and not keeping it organized in there. Off. We started going through the book bag and found he had papers in there for three years, Right. the past three years. So how can you find what you need when you need it in that kind of a situation? Well, it sounds like, I mean, a lot of kids, where are they supposed to learn this if you don't teach them? How do you learn how to be organized if mom doesn't or dad doesn't sit down and say, this is how we hold the binder. This is how, this is what it looks like. This is where you're going to put your files. You need to spend a little upfront time and then get them used to, I mean, like have paper that's punched. Mm -hmm. So it's already going in there. I mean, and then it's almost like just stay on them for a couple months Mm -hmm. and they'll get it. Unfortunately, teachers don't. That's not in their job descri- description to teach them how to be organized. It's almost so. like it's almost like it's a step we're missing. Like we just assume they're all smart enough to right. get this. Right, exactly. But it's a core organization's a core. Co- I mean, you it went is. and studied it. You're, you you became did. licensed in it. You can <laughs> become licensed in organizing, mm-hmm. and our kids don't get that. Right, That's exactly. Huge. And I would recommend, like for an elementary school child, that just a simple little folder would be good Perfect. for them. They don't yeah. need a great big binder. Maybe on one side, you could have a pocket that says papers that go back to school. Right. And the other side, papers that come home. And it could be as simple as that. Yeah. Um, training them on that organization. What, and, do you have an idea on computers? Because the computers, the, our, my kids' files are everywhere. Because mm-hmm. each one, again, just puts it on wherever. And so then as our computer breaks down, we have to go through <laughs> and start 
filing everything away. How do you suggest you go about that? Have you gotten computer into that? files? Yeah, you, you want to have a, a big category, and if you've got several people in the family using the computer, maybe even have one file that is the name of their that person, name, like on the desktop. Mm-hmm, on the desktop, just click on it, and then they could break it down according to their classes if they yeah. want to. Um, and just but, make it really simple. Yeah, and I, you probably have to sit down with them again and do that. Right. Look at what this is always demanding, time mm-hmm. with your kid. <laughs> but in the end, it might change their grades. It'll improve your relationship. You'll probably have less fights. There's a big commitment on parents to yeah. spend time with their kids, but it's it's so valuable. Oh, yeah. And once they get into the older grades, it's kind of they're self-motivating themselves and so it's not really something the parent has to monitor all the time i think you're and it and so we front load it these Mm -hmm. younger kids we have to do it more right and then hopefully in the older kids we don't exactly but it's huge like when they're applying for scholarships yeah they have to be self-motivated they have to know where to find stuff or you're going to be the one applying for scholarships and then just basic organizational skills having a place for everything in their room is really key yeah um I mean, how many times have you heard, Mom, where's my shoes? Yeah. Or where's my church oh, shirt? I just heard it yesterday. <laughs> I don't have a church shirt. Right. <laughs> well, I guess you're going without a shirt to church. What do you do? I mean, because that's another thing, clothing, getting exactly. ready in the morning. Right. Do, you, do, you have, do you suggest setting stuff out? I mean, I do. I love that idea. Anytime you could prep ahead, yeah. it's going to save a lot of hassle in the morning, and yeah. your, your mornings will go smoother oh, that way. Without the fight, without the... Right. I like uniforms for that reason. There you go. Because we already know what <laughs> pants we're wearing. Exactly. <laughs> taken out of it. Totally. But if you could set that up, um, I like to do like a little clothing kit where you set it out on the floor, and it looks like the little... The body. A little child, yeah. right. And so everything is there. You could do it for a week at a time. This works great for adults, too. I love Oh, totally. <laughs> I need that. Because all I do is I just try to get the same color pants, same color blazer, and then just mix the shirts in. There you go. They all work. <laughs> Make it simple. That's good. See, that's to me, it's so simple, isn't it? It is. And yet we so complicate it. Or we, we just do. so neglect it. Or we just need to be taught. Yeah. None so of, yeah awesome. Some of us have just never learned to do it. Exactly. Good. What other ideas have you got for us? Um, create a mom planner or a dad planner so you can keep everybody's schedules oh. on track. And Sports, you know, music, oh, right. all the lessons they're doing. Exactly. And if you have one section maybe for each family member, then yeah. you could have those sports schedules in there yeah. as well. And school, lunch, whatever you need. and. And they know where they could write in their schedules as well. That's good, too. When they get older, start making them be accountable to have to get their own schedule in there. My kids know not even to ask where mom is. Mm -hmm. They just check her planner. Oh, that's awesome. And on the planner, (laughs) boom, everyone knows where mom is because it's always written down. That's wonderful. They have no clue where I am, but I like it that way. (laughs) I don't want anyone to know that they'll keep asking me to give, give, give. (laughs) the planner idea, I think, is huge. And then I also like the idea, and I'm sure you're into this, is like once a week, sitting down as a family and maybe going over the schedule, yes. setting everybody up like, here we go, guys. This is big league week. We've got this and this going on. Yeah, who's going to be the driver taking these kids here? And yeah. So it's really a valuable time to do that. Carpools. Love that. So a mom planner, a dad planner, what else? Any other ideas for us that we we just are core to how we... How we organize, stay organized. Right. Um, one thing is to really have a lot of positive reinforcement to anything that your children are doing organizational-wise. Yeah. Um, they love praise. They love, you know, any kind of 
compliment that they could get. Just Absolutely. Like, just like we do. Mm-hmm. And so if you see them, you know, taking good care of their book bag and having a place for it, um, I like to have everything outside and so it's not coming in. It, I, uh, yeah. it, it avoids the, the kid droppings is oh, what no. I call them. Oh, I love that phrase, kid droppings. <laughs> right. It's so like they, dog droppings but it, with kids. Right, exactly. They That's walk right. in the door and they drop their book bag. Oh, they yeah. take a few steps. They drop shoes. their coat and yeah. shoes. And, and it's all over the house. And, and how many times do you say, guys, no, yeah. no, right. no. <laughs> they, they it belongs care. here. Right. So if, if you have a space set up for them, like maybe. A hook, a locker. Right. Even before they come in the house, that's going to be real key for love that. saving your sanity. Yeah. And, and some incentive or some, you know, yeah, my wife is always basically like, what do I do? How do I motivate these kids? What do you suggest? Positivity. Right. A little um, payola. Right. <laughs> have rewards. Um, there are a lot of different ways that you get into on, on the reward, reward yeah. system. Um, we kind of just gathered their things up if it wasn't put away, yeah. and they would have to either buy it yeah. <laughs> to no, get totally. it back. I love that idea. <laughs> so they're responsible for that. Um, we put it in a great big box, and if they don't want it after three or four months, then we could donate it because... You didn't it's not seem to care. Exactly. I had a, a friend who was a child psychologist, and his kids would leave everything. And so one day he just came in and built a big wood box, like a, he called it the coffin, <laughs> and um, hinges on it. And every day he would just throw whatever they found from the house in it mm-hmm. at night after the kids went to bed. Anything that was lying around, they just throw away. I mean, yeah. throw in this box. After a month, and the kids were like, hey, I can't find my shoes. They'd always ask, where did you leave them? Yeah. And. <laughs> And then they had this big family night where they opened up the box oh. and everything was in there. Yeah. And the, he made the kids buy them all back. There you go. And they never forgot it again. It's a good lesson. It's it hurts to lesson. have to pay money I know. <laughs> to get I things back. That. Plus, you make some money as a parent. There you go. Which is always good. <laughs> which is always good. There cool. you go. That's a great idea. And then talk a little bit about the meals because meals kind of throw me with my kids. Mm-hmm. Because they don't want creative. They don't. Yeah. I mean, they don't seem to. They just, they want a Pop-Tart. Right. Exactly. And it, it's kind of hard. If you kind of make mealtime fun. Yeah. The best that you can, then usually they're more apt to eat some of the healthy stuff. Yeah. And, and you could even put a little bit of whipped cream on the fruit in the morning, you know. That's and right. So and let, it, let them do it. Let them play with the whipped cream thing. Because right. <laughs> they exactly. love that. Exactly. So they're getting a little bit of healthy as well as is having some yeah, fun. I love it. Um, and if you could prep with freezer meals, I've got a class coming up. I think it's on Wednesday that I'm teaching. Yeah. Freezer meals, and you could um, have home-cooked meals in minutes. Oh, and so that's going to take the house a lot of Even that make. for breakfast, you could, I guess, freeze some pancakes. Can you do that? Pancakes? I've never done that. Yes, you can. Let's see, just freeze <laughs> Waffles, your pancakes? Uh-huh. Waffles? Anything that the store could freeze, you could freeze. I love that yeah. idea. And then you could get a waffle breakfast. That's one way mm-hmm. I found to like get everyone up for church mm-hmm. is a really good meal that they can all smell. Yeah. And it's amazing. They come out of the woodwork like a bunch of bugs. Hungry wolves. <laughs> Hungry wolves. <laughs> there you go. Looking for the kill. Exactly. I think that's fascinating. And then anything else about the food? Make it simple. Get them involved right. again. Get them involved. And you could prep ahead with that as well for their lunches. Yeah. Um, put everything into little you know, lunch bags and, and have them decide what they want to choose for yeah. their little snack yeah. for the day. And so, you know, prep as much as you can See? and let them be involved. Larry, it's just that easy <laughs> for people like you that are really highly organized. For the rest of us, someone's going to die. <laughs> 
and I don't even want them to. It's, it's really great information. Now, Larry, I'm sure there are people out there saying, I need more from Larry Reeve. Where can they find more about you? Where can they go to your website to get that downloadable calendar idea? Where can they go? Yeah, it's simplyinorder.com. And there's a lot of great tips, free information that they could, you know, peruse the website on. And mm-hmm. um, they could also get my book here at the bookstore if they want. Where else can they go to it if they're not on campus? They could go online as well to my website. Just your website. And, and, and there's two books there. Um, one is organizing your family records, which is really a big deal. Like, right. you know, someone passes away, you need some records. Exactly. And um, as long as, along with the other book, the five-step organizing, the proven process to organize anything, great stuff. Anything else? Give us a challenge. One challenge, Larry. What's one thing? If we had to just do one thing as a parent to organize before school, what's the one thing? It would be to get yourself organized first. So get your mom binder put together and be on top of things first. Model it. Exactly. See a highly trained professional. (laughs) Larry Reeve joining us again. Go check her out at simplyinorder.com. Yes. Right? Thanks, Larry, for being with us. Thank you. Appreciate it, folks. You're listening to the Matt Townsend Show, and we will be back with a few more ideas on how to take back your life as summer is ending and to make a healthier, happy family. You're listening to the show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Sirius XM 143. BYU Radio. NASA is testing a new cool technology to send your kids to This'll take a while. Sometimes it's better to take things slow. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the interview. Join Dean Duncan weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. hear unedited and uncut performances of talented musicians from BYU and musicians across the globe that have come to perform in BYU Radio's performance studio live. With musical genres from classical to rock, Highway 89 takes you on a musical adventure Monday through Saturday at 10 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. As the demand for worldwide energy increases, so does the need for technologies to fulfill those energy needs. One company is going deep below the ocean blue to find a solution. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. Energy demand across the globe is huge, and resources like oil and natural gas can have harmful effects on our planet. That's why many scientists are looking at ways to harness greener energy sources as we look toward the future. A Swedish company, Monesto, is diving into the challenge by developing the deep green underwater kite. The prototype kite consists of a wing with a turbine and a generator attached to the seabed by a tether. The ocean current flows past the turbine, spinning the generator to create electricity. As the kite glides with the tide, the electricity is then transmitted onshore through a power cable inside the tether. 
seawater being 800 times denser than air can potentially generate much more energy than wind turbines. And the motion of the kite moving through the sea intensifies the power of the ocean current, so the device can work effectively even in slower water. The kites promise low weight and low cost, adding to their energy efficiency. That makes the idea a serious contender for sustainable, renewable energy. For Innovation Now, this is Crystal Browning. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We are broadcasting live at the Wilkinson Center uh, during BYU's Education Week where they're expecting about 20,000 attendees to be dropping by, listening to thousands of classes, and uh, basically learning everything they can about education, religion, marriage, and family. And as we broadcast live, we've been bringing in some of our experts. One of our experts, uh, Larry Reeve, just taught us about how to be a better organized uh, parent. And as we're better organized, we might be able to influence our children. As we wrap up the show, though, we want to make sure that uh, you know, we don't overwhelm it all with all of our great organization skills. We all want our kids to succeed and do the best they can, but sometimes we might put a little too much pressure on them. Here's Corinne Collins reporting on what it's like to be both a student and a teacher. Some of my friends have told me that I am my own tiger mom. Now, if you don't know what a tiger mom is, just imagine a mother whose child's A- in a class is not good enough. And the reason I have been called this is I would say the same about an A- for myself. Earlier this year, I got an A- in a class, and I was devastated. I wondered if I would have to reevaluate my plans for PhDs, whether I was cut out for further graduate study, and how I was going to explain this A- away in my personal statement. But what's wrong with an A-? Well, in short, it just wasn't what I wanted. It wasn't bad, but to me, it wasn't enough. It also wasn't enough for me to complain to the teacher. And as a teacher, the students who do come and complain about A-minuses are the worst. Because an A-minus in reality is perfectly acceptable. Excellent, in fact. And while I may not be entirely happy with getting them, I certainly believe that those I give them to are doing great work and needn't be dissatisfied. So I'm a bit of a hypocrite. But I think that the important thing to learn is, and I tell this to my students, sometimes your best isn't good enough for an A. Sometimes it's an A minus or a B plus, but if you have truly done the best that you can do, there's no shame in accepting whatever grade you get. Because college is about learning and hard work, not unfettered self-criticism. So true, Coco. Um, Again, Corinne Collins, our almost BBC reporter, and uh, again, I guess our goal is we want to be healthy, we want to be better, we don't want to be stressed out. We also don't want to stress our kids out. And one of the things I guess I'd have us focus on as we're wrapping this up today, schedules are great, organization's powerful. The key is probably more the peace. And maybe one of the things we want to probably make sure we're focusing on is, are we creating an atmosphere, a way of living where our children can feel some peace, where they feel prepared where they feel like they're getting a grip on things, where they feel like they have a shot, where they're not always coming from behind in order to win, um, but instead maybe they could just be ahead of the game simply because they knew what assignment was due and uh, they had their clothes prepared and and laid out. Overall, too, I guess in the end, we want to make sure that it's um, 
that his parents were not getting involved or not getting in the way. It's one thing to have to go deal with everything else in the world that we're fighting against. But if we have to fight against our family every morning just to make that happen, you know what? That is a big, big burden. Another thing I wanted to make sure we talked about as we were wrapping up the show today um, is the importance of, of rituals and traditions. Now, as a young kid, I would come home. My parents divorced, and so I needed to – my sisters had to work. Everyone was out working, and I would come home as a latchkey kid every afternoon and be in the home by myself and you know it's not an ideal situation it's kind of where we were as a family Um, it really wouldn't have been a bad deal uh, because one of the things that did happen to me is we had traditions I knew when my mom would be home and I knew how much time I had to play between when I got home and when my mom would get home so that wasn't a bad deal and then my mom would get home and she would bring kind of this order to the family and we'd start we knew dinner would start happening around then we knew what would uh, go down that night and transpire so there's power in structure there's power in organization and I think as a kid who maybe struggled with it a little bit uh, just because our parents, you know, we, it wasn't as easy to do. It is something to do. No matter what family you're in out there, and if you're listening uh, anywhere in the country, anywhere even in the world, there is power in having a plan. And so our challenge to you on the show today is make sure you go make a plan. Spend a little time to get ahead with your family. Spend a little time to get ahead. Even if you're kids and you're an empty nester now and all your children have left, There's still power in knowing that you're coming home at a certain time and we're going to create some structure. If you have a job where that can't take place, then you know what we suggest is that you at least make it happen on the weekends or the mornings whenever you can. Power in tradition, power in the rituals. In fact, a lot of the latest research about relationships says that uh, as long as you have rituals and traditions, those traditions themselves are, are one of the great Uh, stabilizers for our lives. So to recap today and uh, what we learned from Lori Reeves, a lot of stuff just about make space, make some time to work on these things, have a consistent follow through with your children and make sure that uh, maybe more importantly, you're reinforcing them positively. Our goal is not to always be on their back and telling them what to do. But I guess in the end, what our real goal is, is to be able to make sure they have self-esteem, self-confidence and some hope hope that they're going to get ahead and hope that they're going to be able to deal with the diversity and the chaos that uh, life tends to throw. So that's uh, pretty much the show. And one of the things as we're wrapping up, I want you to also know that all this week we're going to be coming back from BYU Education Week, bringing you new experts, new topics about family, about marriage, about education, how to get excited about education and life, how to start learning And uh, hopefully, again, giving you some hope in a life that's not always filled with hope. And remember that there is incredible peace, not just in learning, but in maybe more importantly, living all of those things that you're learning. So hopefully you've learned one thing from us today. If not, you got a whole week filled with it. Thanks for joining us again Monday through Friday right here on the Matt Townsend Show. 5 o'clock Eastern Time, again, 7 o'clock Eastern Time. It's replayed and 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday. Join us. We'd love to talk with you and learn together right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143.